the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. I mean, I'm acting like we were just here, but we're <laughs> good morning, everybody. This is uh, hour number one, minute number one of the Weekend Gardener for this uh, beautiful January day. And uh, puddles all over the place. Had more rain last night. I don't know how much we had. It seemed like it was raining pretty hard at my house. And I don't know if I heard any thunder or not. And uh, as one who believes in thunder and 10 days later, there's snow. <laughs> you need to be a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they believe that or not. But at any rate, with all this moisture we're getting this uh, January or this uh, December, January. Yeah, I, I was driving across uh, Jordan Lake yesterday. Boy, is it. It's higher than I have ever seen it, and there was uh, there was a debris field out there. From I guess it, stuff had come from the woods, and I mean it's just flooding areas that hadn't been flooded before, and it's uh, quite un quite unusual. So, uh, but interesting. Didn't see any fishermen out there yesterday. Once in a while, you'll uh, this time of year you'll see somebody out there fishing. Oh, you, you have some fishermen that say it's the best time to go fishing. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, nobody yesterday. That's sort of like golfers, like like Gerald. Gerald, yeah. Gerald Adams is with us this morning, Brother Rufus. Isn't Good that, morning. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. We're always glad to have Gerald, and this is the retired version of Gerald. Yes. Did you say? <laughs> did you say Gerald? Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. Gerald and Gerald. <laughs> I don't know if we say that in Nashville. I don't know if I knew any Gerald's. In Nash County, I probably did say it like that though, but but not Jerry. <coughs> no, no. Jerry. Everyone from north of the Mason Dixon. They call you Jerry. If somebody's named Gerald, they call him Jerry. Oh, for goodness sake! Well, that would be just terrible, <coughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, <coughs> yeah. I, you know, that's that's okay. That's that's all right. You, you just live with what you got, but you're retired now, so you you can do anything you want to do, right? Well, theoretically, <laughs> yeah. Well, Brother Rufus is here, and he is is working and working and working and working and working. Well, let me let me give a cautionary tale here. I was telling. I, I hear a rant coming on. Uh, I hear a rant coming on. I was telling Gerald before we came in here about uh, something that you should be careful of. Some forty years ago, the rage was Leland Cypress, and they were cheap to get and go out and put them up, and they grow quickly. And, Okay, mine are about 40 years old now, but they're all on the ground. <laughs> uh, the first storm, two days ago, I lost four. Oh, my goodness. Big, big damage. That wind, yeah. wind, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it and obviously, they have a very poor root system. The older they get, the more dangerous they are. And yesterday, I had my friends from, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll say it, Barlet Tree, because they're, they're fine people. Yeah, absolutely. Come out and to look at the... Uh, Four that were down, uh -huh. extensive, extensive damage on my fence. And lo and behold, when I got up this morning and walked out at 6 o'clock, the three that were leaning that he marked to come down were all three down from last night over my fence 
took out my Prunus Mume, the most beautiful oh, Prunus Mume. That's in the terrible world. because oh, there you just I, to be I'm, blooming. I'm not seeing that many around the, yeah, the my, around my, town my, now. Mine was just a, a beautiful blooms on it already. Took out three Osmanthus. So I, I'm in a state of uh, of great despair. But a tale to people: when you're <clears throat> you're out there doing the horticulture work, have a Gerald around back when you start planting something and, and ask and say, well, what, what is the, what is the useful life of this thing? Will it, will it take heavy wind? Yeah. Does it have a root system? Well, you know, JC Ralston first recommended these things around here yeah. and oh, they're it, terrible, terrible, but he, you know, he was a genius and, and he, the point of the Ralston Arboretum is to try things for the industry yeah. and, uh, boy, it sounded like it had a lot of. Um, well, it sure did do some damage to the, the Edmiston Arboretum. I, I think what people didn't realize, and there really wasn't any way to know back then, yeah. it just doesn't develop the root system to go with how big, you know, yeah. tall. There's yeah. certainly not and, a wind block. And, and broad that they get. <laughs> well, you planned it for a windbreak. <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you can't do that. And so you've got to, have you got to replace the fence? Oh, yes. Great parts of it. <clears throat> and I have to worry about my neighbor's little deer herd of four four deer. Well, I think you can get some temporary kind of fencing, can't you, Gerald? At yeah. uh, at home at a home improvement center and stake it up, sort of. But yeah. I, I got to get the the tree company out there first to yeah. salvage water. Maybe I can salvage a little bit of that Prunus Mume, but the well, three Osmanthus are just gone. Oh my goodness! Now, how many do you have left? Well, I've got. Plenty. Oh, you got plenty. You got them planted all over the place. I got my one. Yeah. So it's. I must have twenty on the place. Mm. And so you uh, picked up. A, got a camellia while you're at it. So I'm. I'm not here fussing. I'm, I'm just saying that. That's a lot the, of. That's a lot of damage. It, it's never occurred before in my place. So I, I, it just. And I didn't hear anything last night. I didn't hear anything. Well, before. I mean, you know, they're big, when, but they just right. Just. Bad luck, wind, right direction, They're ground good cushioned. and wet from all this yeah. rain we yeah. had. right. So they came down very gracefully. Uh, well, <laughs> All the deciduous <laughs> trees with the leaves gone, so easier for the wind to get through to them. Oh, right. Just a yeah. bad combination of things. What would you plant for a windbreak that's reliable? Uh, green giant arborvitae. From a distance, most mm. people can't tell the difference in how they look. Right. They yeah. grow almost as fast. They get as big, but they've got four times the root system. Right. Yeah. And, and what about disease problems? They are not quite as prone to bagworms as Leland's are, uh, and not really, you don't see many disease issues. Okay. Only issue with them, I, and you have to pay attention, I planted some new ones around these uh, gr- couple of greenhouses I've got, and the deer got into them rubbing their horns and skin up a couple of them last year. Hmm. Rufus used to do that. He used to rub his <laughs> horns and get them. <laughs> when he was attorney general, he had to have, pretty well. I've been he had to have horns. horns. <laughs> Remember back when they used to put weights on horns, uh, we had Hereford cattle, and you'd put weights on the horns of the, the bull to make the horns slowly grow around and sort of have a uh, pointed downward. Right, so the point wouldn't hit you if he, yeah. if he came in. And I often you. wondered, did that hurt that poor old bull? I don't know, poor old bull. But now they have what we call polled Herefords, and polled, polled means not growing horns. Yeah, so they genetically bred that out? Right. How right. about that? So you don't have to dehorn anymore. 
That's good. That was uh, quite a time on the growing up on the farm. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we had the, we called it the, the bloody field day when you dehorned, uh, castrated, yeah. if I can say that on the radio. Uh, I don't know. Pigs and others, but uh-huh. uh, with four strong farm boys uh, holding down uh, pigs. and Boy, the, the life of Rufus Edmonds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Green Giant Arborvitae. Much, Are there any cedars? Better. Yeah, we used to use cedars. Yeah, the country. I, I mean, the, the eastern cedar is not going to get as large as quickly. Right. And that becomes most people that are looking to make a screen or wanting, you know, I need to, I don't want to see so-and-so or I don't want them to be able to see me. So they're always looking for something that grows really, really fast. And that's why the main reason Leland's became so popular. Because uh, of how, yeah. You know, it grows so many feet a year. Right. I know they used to use Lombardi poplars and things mm-hmm. like that, but they were not reliable either. Or they lost their leaves. Yeah. I, I've I've got quite a, a hedge that y'all have seen uh, with the uh, osmanthus. They don't grow uh, as fast as quickly. Uh, <clears throat> how, how tall are yours, Rufus? Generally, they're at least About thirty. 30. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're, they get people don't realize. I mean, they can get on up there. Yeah, they're at least yeah. thirty. I've I've seen two. I have a couple of uh, friends in my neighborhood who have osmanthus. <clears throat> See, that's a screen that you're breaks, getting basically. that nice. Fragrant bloom oh, multiple yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just overwhelming. So yeah, that's a that's another good one. If you are going to be with us for a while and and don't you know if if it, if it's not going to grow as fast, if you want to see it at its you know yeah, there's certain types of hollies too that <clears throat> I've got a couple for screening the uh, which what do you call it, Gerald? The uh, Viva got the Nelly Stevens. N- Nelly Stevens that seems to grow a little quicker than. Some of the other species. Boy, that gets big. It gets, yes. It, it can gets get wide, real, too. It can get real big. The Emily Bruner is another one that grows like that. The <clears throat> leaf's a little flatter than the Nelly Stevens, but it's another one that gets gets big, too. Hmm. How about that? Well, it's a great time to plant if you can uh, find some ground that's not saturated. Well, it would be easier digging. Huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. My friend true. Rusty came by yesterday and. Rusty said that <clears throat> he uh, had was out there planting a couple weeks ago, and somebody said, "What are you doing planting this time of year?" He said, "Well, I heard Rufus say it's a good time to plant." Yeah, and uh, it's the, one of the best times I know of to plant because it, the ground just just doesn't get that cold. The roots, uh, you know, can can at least settle. Will they grow? Will will plants put on a root growth? This time of the year. Oh, oh yeah, especially if I mean, the amount of rain that we've had, and it's uh-huh. not. I mean, when you don't have lots of nights getting below thirty-two degrees. Yeah. I mean that can slow things down. Uh, now, yeah, and then it will next week because we're going to get down in the twenties yeah. next week. Uh, I, I think point. I saw Monday a high forty something. Yeah, and uh, thirty-eight. No, uh, yeah, thirty-eight on Wednesday. Forty-five. 45 on Monday and Tuesday, according to this weather report. This is the National Weather Service. That reminds me when you get down there in the low 20s, my wife says you need two panels on that gas heater out there in the Florida room. Not one. You need two then. (laughs) It's it's below 30 to save her grapefruit tree that uh, I preserved all these years that she 
planted from seed as a little girl. Wow. Well, does she get yeah. grapefruit off of it? No, it, it uh, doesn't produce anything. It's just sentimental value. Sentimental value. <clears throat> and it's starting to lose its leaves inside, which is not alarming. It will do that. What about out there in the garage where you make all your important decisions? Uh, well, that's where I've got my begonias. Did let them put them in there. And- got any heat out there? No. No. Oh. There's some heat and some vodka bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of meandering around to that. But- <laughs> Okay, well. But it's a funny thing about these <clears throat> begonias that I, I just sit them in there and don't water them. They, they look like they're dead. Bring them back out. Here they go again, the begonia. They just have had them for years that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything that's dormant uh, like that, water is your enemy. Because yeah. it's so easy for them to rot, root rot, to yeah. get a hold of them if they stay too wet, too moist. Interesting. Thus, the putting stuff up under the houses before where it was dry and usually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and a lot of houses have um, insulation, and you know, it's very dry under there. So it's, uh, it's yeah, better be pretty, dry up under there. You have yeah, some, yeah, you have right. some problems. That's right. So, uh, good place. Good place for that. Uh, don't don't necessarily need a basement for those. I'm a little scared of basements. It's, uh, I grew up with one. It's so easy to, to, to get water in them. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I don't good place for a ping pong table. That, that was our big passion. When I yeah. Melissa's, up. uh, at Melissa's, they had a ping pong table and a pool table down uh-huh. there. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. So uh, what are you doing in retirement now besides sleeping <clears throat> Well, I'm trying to get this newest greenhouse completed. My two helpers both work for the state, so with the time they get off during the week is close to dark, so we can only work on Saturdays and sometimes Sundays. And right. every weekend since before Christmas seems to be raining, so we've yeah, not got as much done as we I'm headed uh, be meeting them right after the show because we're close to being able to put the plastic on it. Once we get the plastic on it, then it's just a matter of finishing up the wiring and getting the heater installed. So, how long does the plastic last on those things? If you use the <clears throat> the better plastic, they will tell you five to seven years. Uh-huh. And, and when you've got like all mine, two layers of plastic, sometimes you may get by and only have to replace the outer layer so it just just depends how wide are these sheets of plastic so my greenhouses are 30 foot wide but it takes a 42 foot wide piece of plastic to go over to go over that and that'll give you you know over a foot to hang hang off on each side how do you manage that you got to have some help and don't mess with it when the wind's blowing Uh, yeah (laughs) i was uh, i noticed arrowhead stadium yesterday was covered Mm-hmm. completely it looked like plastic mm-hmm. to me and and that's amazing how they put that out so this is theoretically the same same yeah. thing except you have to get it over a surface how how big is is this greenhouse the, the greenhouse is 30 foot wide 100 foot long and it's wow. about 12 foot tall at the peak uh-huh. uh, of it there so you you got to have it's really uh about a five Six person job when so you, you got to have ladders when you're pulling up over yes to get up in the middle as you're uh-huh. working it up and over right uh and it's uh getting it over is not 
the problem. It's holding it in place till you can get that Ziggy wire is what you put, you know, detracts to pin it down. And you get, you know, the first one side of that done and you're in pretty pretty good shape from there. Well how do you how do you escape a windy time like well, you just got to, you got to catch a day when the wind's not blowing. I mean, well, how, I how do they even stand though with the wind like that without being blown away? Well, the uh, if the frames not anything's gonna happen if you don't have the plastic onto it. I mean, if you got installed like it like it should be there, if the wind's not gonna bother. Just you take to, it down when the wind comes. No, 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 no. Once you get the plastic up, you're good to go because the air can't get up under it. So that's okay. That's where uh, that's where the problem could come. Say if you didn't have doors. Yeah, on it for some reason. You got to make sure you got the ends in place, and if your doors and all that in place when you put the plastic over them. But I knock on something. I've not had any trouble. I won't never forget years ago when I was working with Phil. We were had a day, sunny, supposed to be zero wind, no rain, and we had about a dozen people putting plastic on a greenhouse, and all of a sudden a little mini cloud came up. And the wind got the gust in it, and it was, it took a whole lot of effort for that piece of plastic to not end up in Johnson County, because it we we liked to lost it. I mean, it was unreal, just out of nowhere. Wind started blowing about twenty five miles an hour, uh, and it liked to have been a gun. If we hadn't had that many people, that plastic would have been up in the top of a oak tree somewhere. It's going to lift you off the ground a little bit. Yes, it's lifting me <laughs> higher and higher. Yeah. Old Baptist hymnal, higher and higher. <laughs> Out of that. So that's always something that you are, when you commit, you're you're eager to be done <laughs> with getting it on there. I'm sure a lot of people are, are would like to have a, a greenhouse of some kind. How small well, you do can, they come, and how, I mean, how easy is it to put up the smaller ones? You can buy these that look almost like a outbuilding that, you know, except they got, instead of wood siding, they've got a polycarbonate panels on them uh-huh. and they may be, you know, six or eight foot wide by 10 or 12 foot. So, uh, not what you will find out, uh, is almost everyone who probably ever puts up some kind of small greenhouse like that and uses it. Oh, I wish I had a bigger one. <laughs> because it, it is surprising. They have an epiphany and say, oh, I could have been how, how fast you fill it up. Are they sort of prefab? Uh, yes. <clears throat> a lot of the ones like that are, are they come in kits where you basically just have to put right. them together. You got to have power. You got to have power. And you, you got to have heat. And if you're going to do uh, most things, you've, you've got to have the ability to, to heat it. And everything with a greenhouse. Heating is the most expensive thing involved. Right. Uh, if you've got a little one and got some kind of electric heater, well, th- th- that's very expensive. And then most larger greenhouses, like mine, I'm using LP gas. And if you're fortunate to be somewhere else that has a natural gas line, that's a little cheaper uh, than LP. But the heating is the number one expense in operating a greenhouse. Wow. It's uh, and have you ever had a greenhouse, Rufus? No, the nearest thing is what I call the Florida room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, uh, right, facing the south and a lot of windows in it. Yeah, but it get it it you, normally doesn't get below forty in there, unless it gets to be a two panel one. <laughs> <laughs> Got to protect that grapefruit. All right, you're listening to a uh, uh, rather dynastic weekend gardener program. Wouldn't you say we've established a little dynasty here? Oh, of course. Over the years with John Harrison. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. It's so, a, a great leader at our helm, the Hall of Famer. 
Well, such as he is. Yes, I'm all you got right now. So we will uh, we will return eight twenty seven nine nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right. <clears throat> Boy, I think this uh, chair, I'm going to break my neck getting in this chair. It's sitting up high. I don't know. We uh, Somebody changed chairs here. and this, this one sits up. My feet are not even touching the ground. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, it sprained my ankle. <laughs> well, all I see from, from my vantage point is above your lower lip. So I never know when you jut your, I know, you there. jut your jaw out. <clears throat> Somebody was uh, talking about putting putting more computer screens in here. I said, "Well, we can't we can't see each other yeah. as it is." But well, you know, I'll tell you something I do despise. <laughs> and I'll have to say it right on radio. Uh, on TV, they put you in those high chairs. Now I got over that when I was about two years old. <laughs> And I well, asked, that's what this is. I asked him the other day. I said over at UNC TV. I said, "Why do you have us?" And these high chairs, they said, well, it's a better camera angle. Yeah. We don't have to look down on you. I said, well, lower right. the camera because I, I sit up there and my feet don't touch the ground. I, I don't like those high chairs. <laughs> I, I feel like putting a bib on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve is with us. Steve, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm sore from doing too much. Well, that's okay. That's, uh, that's pretty standard. Well, if you're working hard, a couple of clear days, and it was in the 50s, so I went out and did some weeding, and I Ugh, don't know when weeding. to stop. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh, I, I, I don't want to leave it that way, so I, I try to get out there and get the weeding yeah. done. So. Oh, good for you. But if you don't stay ahead of it, it's going to take over. Right. Uh, so have you have you calculated how much rain you've had this week? an inch and a half last night and we had over six inches earlier from the two incidences we had uh-huh. uh, the previous time so wow in the last 10 days we probably had seven and a half inches of rain well don't send any more my way <laughs> well i don't want any more either <laughs> Luckily, well we just you just can't rain. satisfy us we either don't have enough or draining well so it's uh i got it it it's not as gushy as it used to be out there yeah does that affect the the health of daylilies it will if you don't have good drainage if you're if the daylilies get uh wet feet and stay wet they'll get uh a mold on them a fungus and once that fungus gets in there, they you can't. There's nothing you can do to save the root, so you have to basically uh, dispose the plant and get it out of there before it affects the other ones around it. But uh, luckily, like I said, I've got my garden draining well, and I haven't had a fungus rot in probably about four or five years, and uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Wonderful. Um, you were talking about windbreaks. If you go into Iowa and South Dakota, uh, the Panhandle of Texas, 
and western Oklahoma, the farmers plant these giant junipers around their uh, homesteads. And <clears throat> that's the only thing between them and where the wind ends up to stop it. <laughs> junipers. Hmm. Yeah, they, they, if you go out there and, and look, you see a, uh, a <clears throat> stand of green in the middle of a, a flat field. Sure, yeah. Inside that green is a homestead. Um, probably the homestead, the barn, you know, whatever it is. Those junipers are being used as a windbreak, <clears throat> uh, and in the winter, it is absolutely necessary because otherwise it would be impossible to keep your house warm. Uh, other than that, you, they do dig them into the ground and then put turf on top of them. You know, the side homes, that's the other way to insulate. But uh, that's a, it, the, the giant junipers are something to consider, too. Um, they're long-lasting. They grow pretty quick. They're thick foliage, um, dense foliage, and it helps to keep the wind down. Hmm. Anyway, I, that. I just thought I'd throw my... No, I, that's, that's great. That's great, uh, Steve. Appreciate that. Well, Steve, uh, I, I'm going to throw a legal term at you here. You were talking about within the confines of that thing you you have uh there's a term in the law called the curtilage the curtilage back in the old days included the barn the smoke house the woodshed the outhouse and if you broke into any one of those it was the same as breaking into your home if you broke into anything within the curtilage so you were talking about that within those junifers was what we in the law called a curtilage so I just thought I'd throw in there and give you a little law this morning. Very good. That's our Rufus's lesson for the morning. Yes. What's it been, 50 years since you went to school for the law? Oh, yeah, but it's still, it's still That's all right. You got to maintain it. It's still alive. You got to use it every day. Yeah. Well, I'm listening to you guys, and if you got any questions all day, at least just let me know. All right. Thank you, Steve. Have a nice day, my friend. All right, uh, junipers are are fairly common. Uh, you don't don't see around here as many of the larger ones. Yeah. You tend to see more of the spreading ones here, uh, the ground cover ones that don't get but a foot tall and get wide. You see a lot here on slopes, and then you see some of the other ones that get you know four, five, six foot tall. Is it they the Spartan right. juniper that? It's, it's a tall one, but it doesn't get. Uh, well, it gets. It doesn't get real wide. It doesn't or, get or, not wide like a Leland or yeah. Green Jar. Yeah, they're very. Oh, you just said that word again there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the there's the Emerald Arborvitae, which is a, another very columnar shape. Doesn't get wide. Yeah, and that's a juniper. Uh, that's actually an Arborvitae. Arborvitae. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, that been pretty good substitute for the. Bad word, Leland. No, it's the, the it's not going to get wide enough. It's, it's not going to really enough. make a screen yeah. because yeah. they don't they don't. I mean, you could. Right. It takes a long time before they get where you can't put your arms around. Like a bloated telephone pole. Yeah. <laughs> Blue point juniper. Do yeah. they work around here? Yeah. Oh yeah. But they don't get real big. Do no. They? Yeah. No. Okay. But they are they're hardy and you know don't have a lot of disease issues and pretty fairly drought resistant once you get them through that first summer. Yeah. 
So the, I mean, the junipers and arborvitaes and stuff are, are similar. Yes, uh, we'll we'll call them cousins. Where yeah. technically, where right? I was just looking looking through some of the. Uh, there's a moon glow juniper. It looks like it's uh, fairly fairly big, but I don't know how well that does. It, do it's it's like a lot of things over. You know, so much of your breeding in the last 50 years in plants is to make a smaller version right. of yeah. something because where people are planting them smaller lots. Yeah, absolutely. Don't have room for something that gets gets that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I suspect there's some old varieties still out there that would. By the way, the, the Tar Heels are uh, playing basketball at noon today again, so uh, we'll be going off at 1030. <clears throat> so get your calls in. Richard is with us. Morning. Uh, hey, Richard. Uh, Rufus, my condolences <clears throat> for your losses. Oh, I, I appreciate your condolences. <laughs> he was just uh, he was just on the phone with uh, dear Linda, and I told her not to be shocked, Richard, when she <laughs> ventured outside to see the devastation. But you know, things in life happen. Oh, yeah. And you learn lessons. Uh, you learn about don't plant things with shallow rooted and. And don't go, don't go with fads. That's, just, that's like the red tip. Mm-hmm. I went with that fad too, and I had to take down. Everybody did. Oh, I've had to take down five red tips in the past five years. Well, they lasted in your yard longer, longer. than anybody else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we we have uh, three of the uh, Leland cypress, about uh, a little over thirty years old, and uh, I had to take down a couple of them. But the lower lower limbs start to die, and hopefully that's lessening lessening the load, so, so that uh, we won't have so many problems. But uh, and uh, Gerald, th- uh, congratulations on retirement. It's highly underrated. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, are you going to have uh, Better Boy Plus this year? Yes. Okay, I'll definitely get some of those. And uh, it was uh, interesting this last year. I had some uh, little black bugs on the uh, the alliums. I had scallions and uh, uh, some others that uh, I never normally you associate the uh, alliums with being bug repellent. But they even took out the chives. And uh, only thing I could figure out that would be safe to put on there would be diatomaceous earth. Yes, that, and I've had, I've had that work well sometimes, and I've had it where I want so thrilled, <laughs> didn't do so. To me, that's in the hit and miss category. It's not guaranteed to give results, but certainly worth giving a shot. Well, it works on uh, roaches too. If you dust your crawl space and, and the uh, attic with it, uh, it'll end the problem. And. Uh, Anyway, some good news. Uh, I saw at the farmer's market a couple weeks ago, uh, the uh, berry patch has a limited presence back in one of the vendors. Oh, good, good. Oh, yeah. You can get the uh, herbs, uh, the uh, seasonings and things like that. Limited presence, but uh, they're there. Good. That's a good recovery. Yes, it is. And, uh, well, about a week ago, uh, I was up to, B&R Guns in 
Havelock, and this guy was bragging about this uh, rear part for a rear gun that he had, uh, turned towards him and said, uh, well, that's nothing. He said, you, you can find, uh, a, he found this on uh, Amazon. You can find anything on Amazon. So I told him, uh, well, that's nothing. I heard there was a preacher looking for souls on Amazon. He was looking for new, used, uh, reconditioned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, he needs the Reverend Victor Trivet, my old Three Forks Baptist Church. Victor Trivet? Yeah, that's the preacher's name. Uh-huh. He's not still with us. No, he? he's not. Okay. Well, I was going to call him, <laughs> get him on the, get him on the horn here. Well, Richard, uh, we appreciate you All right. calling in my friend and Gerald will definitely see you what around April 15th. No, I don't, that's probably too early. I hit the last couple of years, somewhere between the 22nd and third and 25th or 6th of March. So depending upon how things shake out, definitely the last week in March, somewhere or another. Oh, okay. Okay. Last week in March. Well, that sounds great, and uh, we'll definitely be there just as sure as the sun comes up. Wonderful. Thank you. And, and thank you, Richard. Thank you all for your contributions. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great one. You too. Have a great day. Yeah. Our contributions. Yes, indeed. Well, I sort of, uh, Richard was talking about salvation we had in Three Forks Baptist Church. <laughs> we had an old boy named... <clears throat> Willis Thompson, and the preacher said, now we'll have Willis lead the singing. He ain't worth a hoot, but he's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel. But uh, at any rate. You said a while ago that we keep persevering. You have, you're all we've got. Well, That's right. You're all we got right now <laughs> that I know of. You never know about the inner workings of management. Oh I've goodness. always stayed out of that. Hide, up, hide from management. Way up there on the third floor. No man's land. <laughs> 919-860-9783-919-860-WPTF. It's 846. You're listening to The Weekend Gardener. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. 8.51 WPTF time. Mike Rayley here along with Rufus Edmonston and Gerald Adams. And uh, you're welcome to call us at 919-860-9783. Uh, pruning, Gerald, is uh, a topic that people are seem to be very interested in. They want to clean things up and and uh, shape things up, but what can we be pruning right now? Well, you're getting into the time of the year where uh, most any deciduous tree you could get into and prune now, they should be be dormant. Um, And you can obviously see in the deciduous trees if you've got crossed limbs and things like that, Mm -hmm. it's easier to, you know, to pick that out. Uh, I... We were, I traditionally used to cut back and prune all my roses around the 1st of February. Uh, so that, that time is rapidly coming. It looks like we're going to have a series of uh, this coming week of some nights where it's going to get down in the 20s. 
Uh, but we've done had it drop below a, a few times in the past, so I think you're safe to do all that and don't have to worry about anything, you know, bleeding. Uh, if you've got muscadine grapevines, that's something that we're coming up on. I used to always do that late January or early February. Uh, and, you know, those produce grapes on new growth, and you really are doing the vine a, a, lo- a lot of benefit cutting those old vines out that are not going to produce any grapes for you next year and getting them out of the way. Uh, so that's something. So th- there's all kinds of things you can you can be doing now. And, and I must tell you, you know, some people, I have people call me or text me frequently, where do I cut at or how much do I cut? You go online now and do a little search, and I'll be shocked on almost anything if you don't find somebody that's got a YouTube video or something. I know the people up um, Century Farms has got a great thing on pruning fruit trees, in particular apple trees. That's what they're known for saving all kinds of heritage apple trees. And they've got a great little video on their website that shows you where, you know, how much you should be cutting off and type angles and all that kind of stuff because, you know, some people just go out there and whack, 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 (laughs) and that may be okay on some things, but on on other things that produce fruit or produce, um, you know, certain type blooms that you enjoy, you maybe have to use a little bit of caution uh, with that. That's still a pretty good rule, Gerald, on the roses knee high. Yeah, I, I, I tell people that, and lots of times I tell people sometimes, you can never do any harm cutting half of it off. But I, generally speaking, would hybrid teas pretty much cut them back to around knee-high or a little below, and with grandifloras, uh, which get a little bit bigger than hybrid tea bushes, I, I might would take them back to, you know, thigh, mid-thigh high. How about the u- ubiquitous knockout? Uh, the knockout, you can cut all you want. <laughs> yeah. What happens with the knockouts, if you don't prune it, they just keep getting – bigger and bigger and bigger, and they will stop blooming that first couple of feet close to the ground. Well, if you've got something growing in front of it, maybe that's not an issue. But if it's, you know, nothing planted in front of that, then that makes it a little unsightly when it doesn't have any blooms on the lower part. But you you can't ever cut too much yeah. off, off one of those. Well, I did an experiment one time. I cut half of them down to about knee high and said, okay, I'll just let the other – other go and you're, you're right they just grow and grow and grow and they did they did produce an abundance of blooms yeah what you if you don't cut them back the other ones will keep growing they'll bloom a little earlier some sometimes uh but I, as a good rule of thumb that's sooner or later that's going to become problematic absolutely if you, if you just I, yeah. go four or five years and don't cut them back in this day and age if you have been able uh, to dodge the rose rosette in the knockouts, then count yourself fortunate. Correct. Uh, because that has become a really, really, really big issue. Yeah. Well, uh, my little experiment, I I prefer the now cut them all back mm-hmm. every year. So I've, I've got half done. Hope I didn't go too early. But I've got the it's hard to know done. anymore. Yeah, I mean, used to you would tell anybody, well, after Christmas you're fine. But I can think in the last six or seven years – Christmas Day, there's been roses blooming somewhere yeah. in Wake County. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Doesn't make any, you know, certainly it's not going dormant if it's got flowers on it. Yeah. So, well, roses are uh, certainly very popular, but, you know, I, I, I keep going back to that tequila sunrise that uh, we, uh, Rufus and I both have. 
that came from Phil Campbell's, and that that's really an extraordinary rose. It, it's it's uh, what I there's several things I like about it. One, it just seems to have a little more disease resistance. It sure than does. some of your other roses. So hardy. Two, the bloom. It's, you know, there's probably no two exactly alike. I know. So that's another Pink thing is, that's really <clears throat> intriguing about it. Pink, orange, yellow in there, and a little bit of white as it fades. So Now, I cut that one back, Mike, about waist high because it was so so tall. Yeah, they do get really it, tall. It was about eight, nine feet tall. And, and one thing, too, with the roses. So if you, you think your rose is getting a little too thick, the cane... It, you, you you want to save the larger canes. A rose cane is not going to be any bigger than the whatever the one that is sprouting off of. Sometimes your canes will start to die out, the older ones, and then you allow that younger cane that's coming you know out from the root system. You keep it, uh, but you know when you're choosing between two to eliminate, just remember that that larger canes going to produce larger canes off of it, which theoretically should be you know, bigger and more blooms. Well, I'm going to have to still stick with my favorite, Mr. Lincoln. Yes, that's a that's nice, beautiful red. Tried and true. Yeah. It's so like Professor Sargent. In the camellias. In the camellia world, which Mike calls a, a boutonniere. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a carnation-like. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's beautiful. I mean, it's a, both of those are, are And they're beautiful. coming along right now. Bright red. Do you still have any Sasanqua camellias blooming? Absolutely. I do too. Just the views I'd won't quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's been blooming since October. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you get uh, over three months of blooms out of something, you should be I, I pretty should, satisfied. That's correct. <clears throat> and, a, and a couple of the japonicas are, like I say, the uh, Professor Sargent. And one that's red and white. Uh, well, there's a lot of those. I don't. I, I just don't know which which one it is. I, well, there's a, we were talking last week with Nelson about the Lady Van Siddart. St- it's a yeah. pink and Sitar, white, yeah. and sometimes more white, more pink. And the pink can yeah. be a little lighter, a little darker. Yeah, it, it's a very unique, pretty. Yeah, it, it is, is unique. Uh, that, that's except for our Linda. It is my favorite, and it's still blooming. Yeah. So does your is yours mostly yours is mostly pink. Mostly pink, and with a good uh, good white here and there. But I saw I saw some that had red, and looking online, yeah. I thought, yeah, in the Lady Van Sittart. Yeah, I thought I did, but I've not seen it in the red. <clears throat> there are some red and white ones, but the Lady Van Sittarts we used to sell were pink and sometimes the pink could be a little darker or brighter it kind of varied on them right you know when i hear here gerald is what yes that's and, does and that look like one that looks like one and sometimes you see the blooms have way more white this one pink is you well know, i guess 75 see that up. has a little red in it but it's got pink white and red yeah, I've not seen yeah. that yeah. one with the red in it. This is WPTF in Raleigh. We'll be back. 